Welcome to life, the grand adventure. During this adventure, there are many twists and turns, each of which leads on a new path of our journey. Luckily for us all, we have a God with us for this adventure. Oftentimes, we try to make life too complicated. Hello, I'm Adam, and I have great news for you. Life is actually quite simple, and if you come along with me on this podcast journey, I will share with you one simple fact about life and faith. It's that simple. Today I'm going to be reading from the book of Exodus. In the notes of my podcast, I have Exodus chapters 1 through 4, which is a bigger portion of the small story I'm going to be reading. Exodus 1 talks about the birth of Moses and him growing up in Egypt. I want to start in Exodus 2, verses 11 through 13. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the story goes on to Moses fleeing Egypt. And he lives, gets married, and works in Midian. But you know, then God. Jumping to Exodus 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 12a. The beginning of 12. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now I go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Egyptians, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Now Moses just keeps on going through here, coming up with excuses and more reasons why he couldn't. But God, being God, keeps giving amazing answers as he always does. And I'm going to jump to Exodus 4, starting with verse 1. And I'm going to read through verse 5. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may, believe, they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then 
Then God did more miracles. With Moses' hand being covered in leprosy, he did all this to show his power. But Moses being Moses, in verses 11 through 12 says, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who made them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? It is I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Powerful words. God spoke powerful words to Moses, and he wasn't taking no for an answer. Moses had a passion for the Hebrew people. He was raised Egyptian by an act of God who saved his life in that basket. But he still had a heart for the Hebrew people. He had a passion burning inside of him. His passion led him to kill a guard, which led to his exile from Egypt. Then knowing his passion for his people, God called him again. But Moses, being human, doubted and questioned. God never wavered. God stood firm. Moses had that love for his people. Moses wanted to help them, but he was scared. When the Lord was talking to him, he kept coming up with excuses. He kept holding back, but God wouldn't let him. I titled this episode, God Can and Will. If you notice the notes are on the, the, fly, the picture, I capitalized the word will because it is a definite. God will. We have to trust. We have to listen. I'm currently living in such a Moses moment. I have a passion and God is telling me what to do. All while I'm arguing back with him. Luckily for me, I didn't have to be raised by the, the, the princess of Egypt. But let me tell you my story. A few months ago, I did a podcast talking about my aching heart. It was actually the Valentine's Day episode, which is kind of interesting. Now, I didn't go into the specifics as to why it was aching, but on today, this podcast really hits the nail on the head. My church is growing. It is amazing, and I love it. We In the fall, we opened a new campus, and the pastor leading the campus was the men's ministry pastor. In the transition, nobody had been chosen or asked to be the leader of men's ministry. So men in my heart was where my passion was. They were my, my Hebrew people. And I felt that tugging. I felt the pull of God saying, hey, do something. But in my humanness, I said, hey, I'm good. I got a small group. I'm doing men's ministry. I thought about it still, but I was where I was. A little time passed and I was missing the men's events going on at church because there weren't any because they're still transitioning, still getting you, – when, when you start a new campus, there's all sorts of wheels turning all over the place. And at that same time, I've been talking with my wife about the transition and that there'd been, there hadn't been men's events yet. Then on that morning that we had that conversation, I was sitting in church and my heart was tugged and ached. What led to that aching was watching the announcements in the morning for women's events. They were awesome events. We, our women's ministry is amazing. 
an amazing author was coming through. There were women's Friday nights together for social. They were, it was just amazing to see all that God is doing through these outstanding Christian women. But in that also, as I was celebrating with my sisters in Christ, God was yelling at me. He was saying, get in the game. So I contacted one of our pastors and we met shortly after and he said that my name was actually on his mind to do something with men's ministry, to take hold of the men's ministry. Now the ball was rolling, but you know, this is God. He can't just let it there. He's got to go big. So there was more. I ran into a guy at church that had been involved with and helped with our men's breakfast in the past. I mentioned that we were working to kick off big, big things with a breakfast. And he said, I'm in. We will get the food done. My initial thoughts were for the first event to have pancakes and orange juice and chatting and sharing a men's vision, vision. But in God's fashion, he puts someone there who's making it bigger. That breakfast team, our men's breakfast, holy moly, that food is amazing. So he made it bigger and God-worthy. We're not going to do a man-worthy men's breakfast for God. That's going to be God-worthy. That same man also contacted me later and said, hey, we should sit down and make a vision for men's ministry. I would love to talk. Now, I'm going to be completely transparent here. I love other people. I like being around people. But I don't play well with others, as I don't think many of us do. And it's not that I disagree or argue or yell. I just don't like confrontation. I know how I like or how I have plans for things. So I usually will sit, go forward with it and do it. But that's, that's, that's a me thing. I have to get over myself. So I said, yes, we met, had a great time talking and have an exciting plan laid out. The vision is amazing. Part of our vision for men's ministry was to not just have men's events. Those are cute, but they are not what ministry is. They don't grow men. They don't spread God's gospel everywhere. They're great for one-offs. What we want to do is we want to go out and have a ministry of men who are in the world, who are speaking the truth, who are making change for Christ, who are helping the youth. Oh, uh oh, that last one there. Part of the vision was to have men's ministry affect all aspects from birth to eternity. That's my passion in ministry at the church. I've been leading dad's ministry for years. I've led dad's events. I think dads are so important. I could go on stats and talk about the importance of a father to the family. That's for another podcast. So at that point, though, I was in my comfort zone. But God in his infinite wisdom said, Adam, dad's groups, that's not what I'm talking about. I ignored him for a hot moment, knowing what he was looking for. Then one night, while hanging out with a pastor friend of mine, waiting to meet up with my buddy to talk about men's ministry, um, we had a conversation. This pastor I was talking to was the middle school pastor. And I was telling him about the men's vision we were creating and how excited I was and that I wanted to have representation at all of our events to tell men about opportunities. And as I did that, I looked around. I didn't see a lot of men there. And I knew what God was telling me at that moment. He said, hey, Adam, if you want men to listen and follow this vision that I'm creating with your team, you have to lead by example. I said, God, 
Have you missed the part where I teach kids all weekend I need a break? I also really do not like middle schoolers. <laughs> they scare me. As a side note, I'd volunteered earlier in the year since I was dropping my daughter off there anyway. And I was completely miserable. But God said to do it. So, I argued with him. I told my buddy, the youth pastor, second pastor, they have two pastors that work on those nights, that I had to step away, that it wasn't for me. God had different plans. I said no. He said now. So over that weekend, I texted the youth pastor, who's a good friend of mine, and told him that I would volunteer and be willing to lead a breakout group the next Tuesday. And here we are. I told God I needed a break from kids out of work and would work with men. He said, do both. They are connected. So now I'm helping with middle school and helping with kids' small groups on Friday nights, which I've done in the past. But with this feel even more convicted. Now when I talk to men, I can see the need for us to serve and can lead by example. I can share with them the importance of a man in the life of a child. If children see, if youth see men wanting to be close to God, men leading, those are the examples they'll follow. Now, I don't tell this story to make myself holier than thou. I hope it's never taken that way. I'm just talking about life. And the only life I live is mine. I'll tell other stories as we go through, but this just came to me. I had five open tabs of ideas for today, and this all of a sudden just came flowing out of me. I've been telling this story to a lot of people that that I, I run across. But I tell this story to illustrate the point that God is going to use you. Just like he used Moses. Moses was a shepherd. He was happily married away from Egypt, not dealing with anything 40 years out. And then that bush caught on fire. Just like Moses, you might not know how. You might not know why. You might not know where. You just have to listen. God told Moses where to go, told him how to do it. But I also tell this to say, be careful what you ask for. God is powerful. He will answer your prayer and guide you in the right direction, but he won't do it in the simplest form. He'll make it God worthy. I capitalized those in my notes, God worthy. I just wanted a nice men's breakfast on a Saturday morning. Now I have a jotted down vision of men's ministry, a buddy who wants to team with me, a new responsibility in the church, a small group of middle schoolers that I work with on Tuesdays, and oh yeah, a renewed passion and desire to further his kingdom, share his work, and bring men along with me for this exciting journey. As I have furthered this mission, I have encountered many supports. At my men's conference, I... I Went to a couple weeks ago, I met a guy who fed into me and asked me to keep in contact so he could support the growth of the ministry. I am having a set down with the executive pastor who oversees the men's ministry to share my vision. Everyone I have talked to is loving the vision and excited to jump on board. My dad's connect group is all about it and ready to jump in. Now this is exciting. And you can hear me talking, this is exciting. So everybody, it's that simple. Depend on God. Listen to God. Have passion for God. You just have to trust and follow him. If you do, he's going to take you to amazing places and levels you never imagined possible. And the kingdom will grow exponentially.
Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us gifts to use to further your kingdom. Help us to listen and trust you. Help us to follow you. Help us to know that that you are there for us and that you don't just do things small. You make them God worthy. And that is powerful. Lord, bless all my brothers and sisters who are listening and help them to just think of those passions they have for you, those passions they have in the world, how they can be used to further your kingdom. Help us all to go out this week and be your light shining up there on that hill and to set those examples for the world. Make these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, am I saying this to tell everybody to start a men's ministry? No. Your passion is probably something different. That was just my passion. That's where I'm heading. That's where I'm running. But what I want to do is I want to challenge you to trust in God. Share with him your passion for his kingdom. Stand back and listen. Then follow. There's nothing too big or small for God. Yeah, you heard small. You don't have to be going out and doing giant service projects, Habitat for Humanity, starting churches. God might have your passion in a corner helping one person. There is nothing too big or too small for God. He will use you in ways you've never imagined. And it's going to be awesome. I want to hear about it. So I want to talk to you guys. If you want to contact me, hit me up. It's that simple podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. It's that simple podcast. I would love to hear from you. I am so excited. I finally got to hear my first commercial as I was listening to my partner, Kingdom Praise Radio. They're doing amazing music and they're growing their podcasts for them. If you're listening to me on the, my regular podcast anywhere, check them out. They got great music, and I also air on there every Wednesday at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. If you're on Kingdom Praise Radio, check out my podcast site. I don't care how you listen. I just want to talk to you. Hit me up. Share share your praises. Share your joys. Share your prayers. I want to connect with everyone who's listening because I want to see his kingdom grow, and I want to do it with you. God bless.